and it felt empowering to know that I got my own back. I think everybody likes that feeling of like, man, I got myself. Like if I'm not feeling great, I have the tools to recorrect myself. This is for the others out there, the other ambitious people who want to play at a higher level in their life. It's time to get curious and get real. Join me and together, let's find the others. Hello, my friends, and welcome back to another episode of Find the Others podcast. Joshua Church, your host here. New episodes dropping every week. And this week, I'm stoked to bring you into my conversation with Sage Burmeister. Sage is one of my dearest friends and biggest inspirations. He's a former dual sport collegiate athlete, played football and basketball at Division I level in college. And uh, partway through college, his anxiety, depression, and substance abuse forced him to rehab and sparked him on a path of inner healing. So you'll hear him talk about how meditation and breath work really saved his life and how he's been able to adapt his lifestyle being over three and a half years sober and also diagnosed with type one diabetes and how he really brings that energy and to his clients in his pursuit of serving others. So you'll, you'll hear about his story in sobriety. You'll hear about us talking about different crutches and addictions that we all deal with on a day to day basis, whatever it might be, and how we can have that mental edge over that to just play a little bit better every single day. So I hope you enjoy the conversation. Please welcome Sage Burmeister. Sage and we're back. Up, buddy? <laughs> How we doing, man? Good. How you feeling this Sunday? Feeling good, man. Yeah. Really good. Recharged, ready for the week? Yep, recharged. Batteries full. Yeah, yourself. Yeah, I'm right there with you. Batteries full. It was a good, good weekend of a nice chill recharge. Got to recharge the batteries, huh? Yeah, I feel good. Definitely. I mean, the way that I always think of it is like at the beginning of each week, we've got a battery that's full of 100, percent and how we choose to invest that energy throughout the week. Mm. That's what's going to determine the quality of life we're kind of we're living, and we've got to recharge too at the end of the week. We got to take that time and recharge, but we got to invest properly into that yeah this weekend was good for that Mm -hmm. and i'll definitely be keeping an eye on it during the week i think getting in the cold tub and sauna tonight's gonna help oh big time yeah big time put us on the the right track for the rest of the week yeah no doubt so so tell me about that you've got your um you've got a cold tub and a sauna set up at your at your place now yeah yeah so i got a cold tub and sauna at the gym i um have been using them, you know, separate. So I know post-workout is uh, sauna time for a majority of my clients that come work with me. Um, and what that does gets the heat shock proteins going and it's a great recovery tool for them. Yeah. Um, cold tub is now something that's added into the equation. Um, and one thing that I really love about the cold is that creates, you know, cold shock proteins too. Um, but it's also really good paired with the breath and then you can even do like a heat cold party. So what we would do is like some breath work, get into the cold, hot, cold. And that just creates like a lights you up, lights you up. Yeah. Yeah. So it's a vasorestrictor in the cold, your veins, everything, all the blood in your body rushes to the core. And then when you get into the infrared sauna, it opens up back up and it's a great way to kind of clear out the system. 
open, close, you know. Flushes out um, lactic acid when it does exactly, that too, right? Yeah. So inflammation. Yeah, inflammation helps, drops. Yeah, Helps you recover, become less sore. Yeah. I mean, it makes sense. You see all the pro athletes are using this stuff too. I think there's a, do you, do you think there's like a shift towards more of the everyday people using this type of thing or getting onto it? A hundred percent. I've definitely seen that trend for the, you know, past couple of years. Mm-hmm. And now I think uh, with the popularity of cold, um, mm-hmm. you know, I, and people have always loved saunas. I think those are like two fundamental things that majority of people are going to start, you know, wanting to use on the day in day out basis because yeah. they have extreme benefits. It's amazing. And then from there you can add in like a rebounder machine um, What's a rebounder machine or a trampoline? Like, oh, yeah. yeah, like that trampoline. Trampol- we got. Yeah, yeah, jump in. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just jump in for ten minutes a day, or an inversion table hanging upside down for a little bit. Uh, there's so many like little things you can do to just like get to peak performance that you wouldn't usually be able to get to. I love that. It's cool. It's really fascinating. And that's something you've always, I feel like, been on the cutting edge for is just finding these little like biohacking in a way, not really, but it's more of just like, how can you unlock your fullest potential with that? And you've always been finding these little nuggets and it's cool seeing the gym you've got set up now in in, in the garage. You've got this massive gym set up that's got the weights, it's got the rack, it's got all the the stuff that you're seeing your clients through. But tell me about that. What do you, what kind of work are you doing with these clients? Um, so the work I'm doing is, you know, it's a mix between training, breath work, and then just like personal one-on-one coaching. Um, you know, on, on the one-on-one coaching side, it's really me holding space for people to go through transitions or to work through things in their life that they're wanting to either quit or just move past. And, um, I feel, you know, that's like a part of my path is giving that to people, you know, due to me getting sober, um, when I was 21 and kind of working through my own types of things and all the help that I got and received, I like to bring that with my clients, be that structure figure for them. Um, the training is really a crossbreed between hit functional. Um, so depending on what client I'm working with, I really personalize the workouts for them, um, to what works for their body, um, and get them on a plan that, you know, they can follow throughout the time working with me. And then, uh, breath work, which is my baby and one that I recommend to every single person I work with. Um, is, you know, we have breath work sessions after workouts to kind of drop back down um into the parasympathetic rest and digest after workouts you know so So pairing it all together is what i feel you know really makes it unique and um you know people can come and improve and and tap into that you know whole new level themselves so that's definitely what i'm passionate about bringing people to it's epic yeah man it's crazy to just think a few years ago to see where you're at on your journey right now from just even a couple years ago it's been it's been quite a journey. My, my question to you is what, what makes people w- come and seek you out? Like, why do people come to work with you or want you to come help them in their process? Why, what do you think that is? I think it's, um, you know, them having a connection maybe to my story or the way I approach things um, and realizing that they're doing it for a deeper meaning. You know, the, the training I do is not for aesthetic. I mean, aesthetics are great, you know, point that you get from it, but they know that this is a form of medicine or a holistic medicine that they can come do. And a lot of people, they agree with training. They agree with breath work. They agree with making changes to the diet because it's all things that they can control and work on. Um, And they just need that, you know, boost and help to get them rolling on the path. Um, So I think it's a really good format for people because it's something they can plug right into their life. Yeah. Yeah. And just making those adjustments can go a long way, especially for mental health. 
Yeah, big time. When what kind of like what kind of shifts or results do you see with these everyday people? Like who are these people and, mm-hmm. and what 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 kind of shifts and results are you seeing with these everyday people? I think these people are really like truth seekers, you know, that that feel kind of that boundless energy inside themselves and want to go out and live it. And maybe they're facing, you know, a couple of bumps in the way and just obstacles that they've been stuck on and, and they're ready to move past that. And they see through my story that that is possible through, the, you know, a holistic route and controlling the, the things that you can't control. And um, yeah, I think that's really like the group that comes in, you know, these young professionals that see that maybe have some experience with this stuff in the past and just want to really get it right this time. And uh, I'm their guy and their coach to be with them through the process. It's very, very cool. Yeah, it's powerful work. It is. It's um, extremely rewarding. um, And it's something that I couldn't see myself doing anything else right now. (laughs) Yeah, it's like definitely fits me. Yeah, big time. So tell me, like, let's let's kind of. I'd love to like unpack the, your story a bit because you've referenced that a couple times, and I think people that follow you for the most part understand. There's there's a lot of different dynamics to your story, but there's like there's a lot to unpack there. Mm-hmm. There's a lot to unpack there. So I, I'd love to kind of just like walk through this and unpack how you got to this point because you know for people listening right now, doing what you're doing, you started your own business. You're you're bringing healing. You're bringing your passions towards people and living that every day. Mm-hmm. And like that's a really, I mean, that's a that's a powerful transition at what twenty five. Twenty five to be to be doing that and to be contributing and and facilitating with people's health and wellness in a way that's so near and dear to your heart. Like, like how how did you get here, man? Like, what's the backstory to this? So backstory. Where do you want to start at? Yeah, that's a good that. question. Where do you want let's, to start? Let's dive into. I mean. Like, look, like, I, I mean, I think in high school is, is a good place to kind of pick this up because, like, you know, in high school, you were the dude. I mean, you star athlete, you know, Division One, got, you know, f- got full ride scholarship to play Division One football and basketball. So, like, in high school, you always you performed at a high level and you were always a high level performer and an athlete in that. And, and now it's like I almost see you've taken that approach or that mentality that you have in sports and brought it to these other areas of life to holistic wellness overall. But mm-hmm. like, take me through that transition from like high school. Were you living at the fullest potential then? Did you know this was on the horizon for you? What was what was the mindset at that point when you were end of high school going into college? So high school was an interesting time. Um, yeah, at that time I was heavily into football and basketball. That was you know really my life at the time. Um, and the kind of the yin and yang of the story is and the other side of that was, you know, I'd just been introduced to partying a little bit more. Um, I was a frequent party goer at that time. So I had kind of this double life going where I would be, you know, scoring these touchdowns during the game, but then also the guy who's definitely going to be partying after and maybe excessively. So during that time, I kind of reached a point in my life and I you know, had been going through some stuff internally. I had enough external circumstances saying that you need to check yourself and see what's really going on because you don't want to go down this road. And I had a lot of great friends at the time, you know, kind of pointing that to me too, um, that I came across meditation at the time. And I came across some YouTube teachings. And right around that 16, 17 years old, my whole world had kind of just opened up. And I finally had that sense of, ah, like I do understand why I have both of these sides. And I do understand why I've been, you know, getting in a little bit of trouble here or there. And I think from that point, it's been a slow chips of really guiding myself on that path and 
you know, getting help from others and being part of groups to just like keep moving forward on that path. Um, so yeah, that's when it started was in high school. And, um, yeah, it took some external circumstances for me to take a look at myself. What kind of external circumstances? Um, just as far as like being, you know, the kid at school to get in trouble, you know, a lot, whether it be for, you know, some, some, something on my homework, not doing it right, you know, something on my test, not doing it right, whatever it may be, um, getting into a fight outside of school, you know, like these were the things that were popping up in my life. And I knew that deep down that wasn't me, you know, and wasn't really my intention either. They just kind of kept on happening in the spur of the moment. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So that's when I had to like realize that something is out of balance here because it just keeps popping up, you know, like during my junior year, it was like six, seven things that happened. I was like, wow, like, you know, what is going on? I want to figure this out before it gets out of control. Yeah. Um, yeah. And the uh, you mentioned like the meditation and YouTube catching those YouTube rabbit holes. Yeah. Yeah. Something I always remember getting like late night texts from you going down this like YouTube rabbit hole of checking out this this guru or this person or this trippy video. Mm-hmm. Um, and and that was the point when you're you felt like your mind was kind of starting to expand even at that point. Definitely starting to expand. I think we grew up in a beautiful time, you know, and I think anybody that's going through their high school or college years right now, we're at such an advantage to do your own research and to really check in and see what works for you. Um, so yeah, it was during that time that my, you know, horizons Um, had kind of been expanded and I was just looking into these different things and seeing what was working for me. And my first love was meditation and breath work. And um, those are still a huge part of my practice today and just work for me. Um, I'm not sure if it's because of like my, you know, athletic exercise way of thinking about something, but there's been nothing more powerful for me than to set aside 10 minutes a day and gear it towards a breath work practice and a meditation. And, you know, that's a pillar of my program still. Big time. What When you say breathwork, like for someone that has never tried breathwork before, knows nothing about, about breathwork, what is breathwork? So breathwork is a, a, like a breathing patterns, essentially. You're going to be following breathing patterns that are guided um, and your body has a natural response to it. So your nervous system, your parasympathetic and your sympathetic nervous system have a reactionary response to this breathing exercises. And... Um, you know, most of them will go for about 10 minutes all the way up to an hour, but you're just following in rhythm with, you know, certain breathing exercises, like an example is box breathing, where you're inhaling for four, you're holding for four, exhaling for four, fully holding the exhale for four. So like you're following along on these certain exercises. Right. And then that has, that triggers your nervous system and your body has a physiological response. Exactly. exactly. And the power from that, from, you know, what we've experienced and why it's been a game changer for me also is that it can be the reset system, reset button for your nervous system. Exactly. Which is really powerful because when we're in go, go, go mode to be able to have something you can manipulate to actually just take a deep breath and slow down and feel your body respond, yeah. it changes your state completely. Yeah, and it's simple and effective. We always have our breath. There's, um, you know, at no time can I not just like stop and breathe, you know, <laughs> and that's like super, super powerful. You don't need much. So yeah, that's why I fell in love with it was, you know, I didn't have much. I have my YouTube, I found the breathing exercises and it worked for me and it felt empowering to know that I got my own back. I think everybody likes that feeling of like, man, I got myself. Like, if I'm not feeling great, I have the tools to recorrect myself. 
And knowing that and having that, you actually just have confidence throughout the day that you may not have had in the past. And I just like want to be that person to bring that to people because I felt myself get more and more confident as I've had these tools. And they're not overly complicated. They just take a little bit of dedication and consistency and you're off moving in that direction. Um, Yeah, so that's why it's beautiful to have people come in for six weeks because we can make these, you know, tangible changes within six weeks. You can totally get this stuff down and you'll be building a whole new life after this. So, you know, I think that's why breathwork was such a big thing for me and a big thing for my clients. Um, And as I've gone on through my path, you know, at first I was getting in trouble, making some changes. um, And then a couple years later through college, you know, I was playing college football. You know, that's pretty much like a full time job at the time. Um, And then substance abuse just like kept on you know, expanding and being a bigger part of my life. So, you know, right when I left college, um, shortly after, it was about six months after I got sober. And it was around that time that, you know, I started pairing my breath work with, you know, actually going to AA meetings or, you know, having a group or a community that I could rely on. And I started learning the power of people in a way that I'd never seen it before. You know, like just like if it's one-on-one or if it's a group, You know, the more that you can lean in on people and have somebody in your corner, you also have that power on your side. And, you know, so I went from there, got sober around a year after getting sober, two years after getting sober, I got diagnosed with type one diabetes. In comes me having to learn how to, you know, self-medicate that and correct that. So in comes nutrition and supplementation and, you know, more beautiful tools that I ended up you know, learning for myself first, going and get certified, and then ultimately providing in my program. So what people get with me is something that I've used in my life, realize that it's super, super important going and learning, getting certified in these things, and then providing. And so it, it's 100% me that they're getting with the workouts, nutrition, and breath work. It's really cool. It, it's very cool to see because all of your work encompasses all of those different components. It's like following that journey and that trend where you know, life kind of smacked you in an unexpected way and it forced you to adapt and learn and cope. And you did that, you internalized that, you embodied that and you saw the power of these different tools, whether it was breath work, whether it was um, dedication through your AA, whether it was um, nutrition or fitness, all these different things you've now combined and compiled into purveying for other people, which is just so beautiful and brilliant. Yeah, it's super organic. It is. It's really cool. Now, question for you. So, like, I'd love to dig into this a little bit because I, I think it's really interesting. You mentioned breath work as a way of like self control and saying like, like I got, I got you. Like, where you can self correct or self regulate. It seems like you were introduced to that, but also there were other things, other substances, perhaps other um, other ways which you would seek out that self correction. Can mm-hmm. you speak to that at all? Because I feel like that's you know the state shifting. Most of us want to like shift our state, or we want to take the edge off, or get a release, mm-hmm. and we go to what's accessible. How has breathwork played into that for you at all? Well, breathwork's played into it because it's you know right there for me. It's the first thing. I don't need to take anything. It's self reliant. I'm just using my breath. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and then all of us want to feel good. That's the baseline to all of us. We all want to feel good, and there's a dark side to that, and there's a good side to that. So I'd say on the dark side of that, people will turn to alcohol, whether it's work related, maybe over, you know, caffeine, you know, too much caffeine throughout the day, Adderall. If they want to, you know, peel themselves down a little bit, they may take a painkiller or something like this. And these are all 
you know, quick fixes, you know, initially you're going to, you know, for the first time it'll work for you, but they also become, you know, habits that you have a hard time getting out of. So I do want to like shine light on that, that there is a dark side to these things. And, um, this is something that I like helping people through, you know, even if it's caffeine, let's say someone's drinking 300 milligrams of caffeine a day, you know, nothing absolutely crazy, but definitely a lot on the nervous system. And now this is affecting their sleep. It's affecting the way that they recover. It's affecting the way that they feel from, you know, 9 a.m. in the morning to, you know, until they get that coffee. So what I like to point out with people is even if you're not, you know, trying to get sober, but you feel like you have a crutch in your life, there is huge benefit to just even overcoming that crutch. You know, it doesn't have to be a full-blown addiction and going to AA, but if you feel like you're relying on weed and you have to smoke every night, well, guess what? You're losing some hours where if you were in a different frame of mind, maybe you're having a conversation with a really good friend. Maybe you're, you know, building upon your journal practice or getting ideas, you know, out onto paper and starting to move on a side project. Like, you know, you lose time with these crutches. And it's something that I know so well because you feel robbed of your energy. You feel like you're just robbing yourself of your life experience. And there's nothing worse than that. It's like one of the worst feelings I've ever had through my addiction. Um, so I like being there to self-correct those and the negative sides because the impact that you can have on someone's life is absolutely huge by switching them out of those into something more positive. And the positive side is breath work, of course. Supplementation's been a huge one. Um, you know, diet changes, just switching to a whole foods diet, man. Like when I first did that, the, you know, slight depression that I had in the morning and the anxious thoughts and feelings that I had slowly started to go away. And Just these were th and these were things that, you know, doctors had said, maybe you should, you know, go on this pill permanently for this. Just based off of food, I was able to fix it within a couple of weeks. You know, that's a huge like life, you know, like I can go this direction or this direction. And thank God I found that through food. And I think a lot of people find that through food, especially just switching to whole foods. It's like such a simple hack. You know, there's so many diets out there and everybody's so different. You know, what works for one person isn't going to work for the other. We all come from different ancestries and backgrounds. Our bodies are used to different things. Um, but what, you know, unites all of us and what is clear for every single person is that a whole food diet is better than something that's processed or man-made for you. Yeah. All of us share that. It's not a crazy hack. But what happens is when you do make that jump, you'll realize that you do have some, you know, addictions to, you know, snacking on processed foods or the numb feeling that you get from medicating with foods. And there, there are reasons why you haven't fully chosen the whole foods diet, even though it's so simple. Okay. There's reasons why we don't do these things, even though they're so simple. And a lot of it is our own, you know, blocks, addictions, just patterns that we're still working through. And I find it super empowering to just like get it right and see like it was it was that easy all along. It was just myself holding me back, you know, and that's a huge part of my coaching. I think I think that's really the baseline of my coaching is to get people to realize that and to kind of get the warrior mindset that I'm finally going to face this and do this right now. Because it, it, it takes that warrior mindset to it like does, face it, it to look yourself in the mirror and be like, yo, we're going to overcome this or what, what, what's what advice do you have to someone that like that wants to make that decision to get off their crutch or to face themselves in the mirror and make these shifts that they know deep down they really want to make. 
Um, I would say don't beat yourself up over it, you know, because that adds to the pattern. You know, there's no need, like a little bit of self-compassion goes a long way. Just take like having to laugh at yourself because there are reasons why you're doing it, you know, because for that hour or two hours, like you feel better than you did by using that. Like have a little compassion for yourself. So that that's number one. Um, and then sharing with other people, take some of that weight off your shoulders because guilt is a motherfucker and it builds. So sharing that with other people and talking to your friends and just being real, bro. Like, yeah, I use this, you know, this is what I'm going through. Have you ever experienced anything like this? You know, just being open and honest with your story. And, um, I think if you do those two things, you'll definitely like take the weight off yourself to the point where you're not paralyzed any anymore. A lot of people are just paralyzed by those two things. And then from there, you can start making some adjustments. You can start making some changes. Very powerful. What what role has seeking out help or mentorship or coaches or, you know, AA or different things, like what role has that played for you in that process as well, seeking help? It's been gigantic because when I started getting help around 21, I felt like I was a grown man at that point. You know, I'd been taught in society that this is the age that I'm grown and I should be able to make my own decisions and I don't need any help. And that was the year where I actually ended up getting the most help I've ever gotten. So, um, you know, through sobriety, I couldn't have done it without AA, honestly. So, like, I fully came to realize that and it brought me a little bit of humility to be like, look, these types of things, you don't always want to fight alone. You know, you need people in your corner. You need a support group. Um, I've also been involved in many other programs just around sobriety, having, you know, having worked in them myself and then also just been around them through, you know, people that I've worked with, you know, like therapists, um, nutritionists, breathwork instructors. Uh, There's a place called Shoreline in San Diego that provides all of that for people trying to get sober. And I've seen how that model works and it's a beautiful thing, you know, for the first six months of, you know, and I'm using the sober situation because it's what I've seen. Um, But this also can go into anybody's story. I've seen the structure that, you know, that, that first six months that that can provide for somebody and the the benefits that they can have just by having all those things in one place. Yeah, big time. Yeah, yeah. so uh, all those things, you know, from Shoreline to AA to mm-hmm. all the coaches that I've worked with, all of it has helped me. That's so cool. And how cool is it now? Because I know you go maybe once a week or something like that, you go to either an AA house or, yeah. um, you know, sober living home and you lead people through breath work and you share your story and share your tools. How powerful is that to be able to to go give back to that community as well. It's super powerful. It's super powerful because I know, um, you know, I kind of have a glimpse of what they're going through at that time. And I know how much of a difference it can make just to get breathing for an hour and the shift that they feel. You know, they they definitely get um, a clear state of mind. You get a sense of actually like highness in your body that you created the right way through, you know, diving into breath work. And that's super empowering, and I want to be there to give that to people. That's not even work for me. That's a, that's just something I feel called to do. That I've been blessed enough to you know get paid for. So cool. Yeah. And, and you've been sober for how long now? What's three and a half years. Three and a half years, man. Congrats. That's, Thanks. that's big. And and I learned too through the process that you know as as being one of your best friends, being by your side while you're going through this process as well, and you know through the sobriety, through the um, through the diabetes as well. That like. A lot of people, it's very difficult to stay sober after, for, for a lot of people, end up going back to rehab multiple times. W- was breath work a key part of that? Fitness, nutrition, what else? What, what would you say stack the odds for yourself to be three and a half years sober? Like, what's your mindset with sobriety now moving forward? 
I would say the biggest thing was getting over the hump of, you know, going out and reaching out for help. I was able to do that and that made the world a difference. There's a lot of people that get stuck into thinking they need to handle it all themselves. And that's simply not true. And the way my life has opened up since I've, you know, come to terms with that and realized that that's a huge thing is getting help from other people. All that weight that I'm carrying or used to carrying is, you know, it's not there anymore because I'm able to kind of disperse it throughout the people that are helping me. Um, my holistic lifestyle is, you know, that's my baby. That's everything to me, the breath work, the working out nutrition, it keeps me in the right frame of mind and feeling good in my sobriety. You know, like I feel inspired every day because of how good I feel based on those things. So that's gigantic to me that that really is like a baseline for me. Um, and then giving back, you know, like helping people, you know, no matter what they're going through, just keeping that inspiration going and realizing that, Hey, I was in that place too once and we're all human. Okay, I don't want to go back to that place of my human experience. So I'm going to keep, you know, aware of it, that that's a side of myself and help this person through it. And it just keeps me humbled to realize that you were here and you could always go back there. You know, let's help the person there because it not only does it help them, but it helps you. It helps you just get like a pure state of view of what the situation is and realizing that we all are on this, you know, never ending scale. And some days we feel like we're pushing towards positive. Some days we feel like we're pushing towards negative, but no one has it licked. It's in the work. It's in the consistent day in, day out process that you kind of teeter back and forth a little bit further in whatever direction you're going. Love that. Yeah. A question for you. Uh, what? Where's the line, would you say? Because I'm sure everybody listening can can relate or resonate as human beings to like, we all have crutches, right? Whether it's consume, consume consumption of you know Netflix, porn, um, social media, whatever we consume, we use as crutches. If it's if it's smoking weed, if it's drinking, like we all have these vices, we all have these crutches. When did you know that? Hey, this was a crutch. I want I want to heal, and like I actually need some help to go to rehab for this, and like this is an actual problem that I need to cut out of my life. Like, where is that line for for yourself? And then where do you think that line is for other people? Do you have any insight on that? A hundred percent. For me, it was when I woke up to how much power I have when I'm in my right frame of mind. Life, it can be fucking beautiful, man. And you don't want to take away from your experience on that. You know, like my thought process, my creativity, my energy, the way I am towards the people I love in my life is 100% better when I'm in my right frame of mind and feeling good. Okay, so to rob myself of that is really, it's depressing, it's sad. It's like watching a fucking sad movie. You know, because life can be great. Life can, you know, you can feel good in your own skin. Even if at times, you know, you just like are so fucking uncomfortable, you need to medicate. Um, so when I realized that I was taken away from like that whole experience for myself, you know, that's when I really decided to make a change in that direction. Um, you know, for me, I had, you know, some beautiful relationships in my life that were still intact, but I wasn't showing up as my full 100% self um, for, you know, I think that is a great indicator that you need to make some change. It doesn't always have to be that you lost the job, you lost the girlfriend, you know, you got kicked out of your apartment, whatever it may be. You don't have to always hit like such a extreme external rock bottom. The internal rock bottom that I felt just by not being able to show up as myself, I felt disabled. You know, I felt like I had a disease in a way because I wasn't able to do that. So that was enough for me to make those changes, um, you know, because it is an internal battle. What about what about making those changes when 
did you either try to start making those changes and realize like I need more help mm -hmm. and I need to go fully sober versus like maybe let me try to get this in yeah, check? Yeah, there's a cycle to that for sure. I probably started, <laughs> as crazy as it sounds, I probably started around 19 trying to wean myself off of things or trying to just drop things for a week and then ending up in the pattern of picking it up and then being on it for a week and then off of it. So I was self-experimenting with that for, you know, about two years until I finally got sober. Um, and that was just a damn headache doing that myself, um, not making any progress. It felt like during that time I was trying my ass off, but it was really the same patterns over and over again. I think a lot of people can relate to that. Um, so just know, like, I got caught in that for years. And then as soon as I, you know, got outside of myself, and made the situation something that wasn't just me holding it on to, it was exposing with others. Something happened, the light clicked on, and I had some clarity that, I, you know, I don't need to fight this alone. Um, and that happened when I was 21. Um, yeah, so when I was 21, I finally made that decision to go get help, get sober. And um, yeah, I haven't looked back since. Wow, it's amazing. I, I think that there's this trend I'm, I'm seeing, and I don't know if you see it as well, but I'm, I'm seeing more and more, it seems like people want to, they want to have fun and they want to party, let's say, without alcohol as a prominent or substances as a prominent focus of that. Do you see that also? Yes, 100%. I think, um, you know, in the San Diego area, Trilogy is a beautiful place where people go and get together, you know, majority of them being sober and are able to ecstatic dance and let themselves move and be comfortable in that um, but what I found, it takes this place like that where everyone kind of co-signs, look, it's all right. We're, we can all express ourselves and dance crazy as, you know, if, if you're here, that's part of the commitment. You know, no one's going to be here judging anybody or, you know, acting sketchy in any way. Like, we're just here to have a good time to fully release. And that's what you want to do when you're sober. You know, you you want to let go. You want to have fun because you feel good about yourself being sober. You're like, fuck it. I just want to have a good night. Yeah. Um, you know, so I think there's a definite like want and need for that, especially in young people to go experience that. Because let's say, you know, you go and you dance with somebody and then you have a great conversation. You know, there's nothing more fulfilling than that to make a first initial connection. That's all we want. You know, if we step into a bar and we're having a couple of drinks, what we really want is that connection with either that girl across the room or to make a new friend. You know, we're there for the connection. So let's cut the bullshit and the, you know, little cheat codes to it and finally get the real thing. Yeah. How beautiful is that? You know, we can really do that. It's scary though. Like real talk. I mean, I mean, I, I consider myself someone that's very comfortable in my skin and very certain in who I am and, and, and authentic. Yeah. But I, I remember too when I did, you know, last year I did a sober January. I, I cut off for the whole month. I did no caffeine, no porn, no um, no social media, no processed foods, no alcohol, like no weed, like went full, just dry just to experiment with what that extreme looked like for me. And I remember in the beginning, it was like going out with my friends. Like there was, it was a little uncomfortable. It was like, man, I really want to just have a drink in my hand right now. Or I really want to just like, let me just take a shot. That way I can kind of like settle into it a bit more. And and it was a bit uncomfortable at first, but then I I realized with more time, I was able to slowly kind of settle into it. But it still is, especially if everybody around you is drinking, it can be difficult, right? Yeah, yeah. 
but I, I don't know when I was in um, when I was in Bali um, traveling. That was when I found a static dance for the first time, which mm. was this amazing night where you showed up and there was you know hundred plus people. And it's just the whole thing. Everybody's, you know, maybe some people are on drugs or, or drinking, whatever, but there's no alcohol there. And, and the whole thing is just like, just dance, like express yourself and dance. There's no judgment. And it was so much fun to be like totally sober, just moving and grooving and dancing and, and then not have to pay the punishment the next day. Yeah, yeah. It's a beautiful thing. And I think that those uncomfortable feelings are actually your power. That's when you're more in touch with yourself and, you know, your extreme, unique individual. You know, that's what we really want to, like, dive into more and more. And is it uncomfortable? Yes. But if you have good buddies around, let's say I was with you and I was feeling uncomfortable. I trust you more than enough to be like, Josh, this is how I'm feeling. And next thing you know, we're working through these things together. And there's more meaning to the night. You know, when you bag stuff down and don't tell anybody, you're taking away the meaning of some great friendships. A lot of our friendship has been you helping me through something or me helping you through something. And that's the way it should be, man. We're supposed to go through these things together. So don't take away from that experience just because you're uncomfortable. You know, it's inevitable. We're all going to have stress. We're all going to be uncomfortable. Life becomes a party when we accept that and realize that we can get through it together. Yeah. You know, I love that. That's the whole point of this. Find the others. Find the other people you can share that with, the other people you can dive deep with past the surface level. You can open up and share things about. You can hold that space for each other. Because mm. that, I mean, that just makes life so much more fulfilling and meaningful and powerful. Gives you purpose. It really does. How, how has that played a, a role in your in your journey? And how, how do you see it playing a role in your future? Um, relationships, relationships have been, you know, so much better, so much deeper. Um, you know, what first off is my family. Um, just more connection with my brother than ever, um, more connection with my parents than ever, just clear communication. Um, that whole layer of misunderstanding is kind of gone. Um, that, you know, while I was in my addiction, they were always kind of like, Sage, like, we, we love you. We know how, you know, you're a great person, but, you know, there's still this like layer over you. What, what, like, you know, it was kind of a thing for a couple of years from high school through when I left college that they just fully didn't understand, I don't think. And I didn't understand at the time either. Having that gone has been a blessing, you know, so that's huge. My relationships with friends are definitely deeper, more connection. There's just more real talking going on and, and expression. And I feel like I've hit it at the right time because now in my 20s, as we're moving into you know, late 20s, early 30s, like life is getting real in some ways and I'm able to be there and experience it and have healthy outlets with my friends and I need my friends now, you know? Like these are the people that I express to and open up to and having that like full circle relationship, beautiful. My clients, I'm, I get close to my clients because I like to work that way with my clients. We vibe out, we dive into things and just having those meaningful connections where I know I'm bringing something to the table and we're solving an issue together that, you know, that serves my human connection tenfold. I love it. I love it. So in all three categories, and then the ability to open up and meet new people is huge too. Uh, that's always something I've looked up to you with. It's just like Josh's ability to go up to somebody and just start talking to them and have a full story. Um, my ability to do that has gone way up since putting down the drink or the drug um, because, you know, I crave it. I want to do it now. I just love what you were saying around Let's cut the bullshit and get down to what we're all there for is that connection at the end of the day, connection with the people we're with. Yeah. If you're going out, if you're going out to the bar, partying, whatever, then you're it's you're going with your friends to have a good time with your friends. You're going to meet people. 
And it's like, yeah, let's let's get down to the real stuff. Yeah, that what matters. are we here for? Yeah, yeah, I've had some great examples. Whether it be you, I have some other buddies that you know they just get there and they just start dancing. They don't care what it is, and that's the way I like to go out and experience life. It's like just fo- I like to go to it. You know, that's yeah. why I love football when I was growing up and basketball is because like you just go. There ain't no questioning anything, and and I feel like socializing should be the same way. You should be able to show up how you are you know, who you are and just like express that, be that. Um, so yeah, I've had some really good influences with it too. You got to let it fly. You got to let it fly, baby. <laughs> it's it's so funny, but there, you know, there's this physiological, this evolutionary desire to uh, fit in, mm-hmm. right? So because if we're with a herd of people, if we're doing what the norm is doing, then we're protected, we're safe, right? We're not an outlier, an outsider. That's why I think personally, it's so important to have friends with you on the same page because i know if you and i are going out like like, we're gonna have a fun ass time we're gonna get right to that dance floor we're gonna start grooving and moving we're gonna be socializing we're gonna be chopping it up we're gonna be talking to some people having conversations we're open to it but but we're we're in it together and just even having one other person where you can be on the same page with and be like yo this is the intention like let's go have fun tonight let's go dance let's go meet some people Mm -hmm. being at least with one other person when you have more it expands the whole night changes drastically. I love that. I love that because it gives you the permission to not have the have to fit in with everybody else. If you have at least one friend that's willing to go do that with you. And that's the beautiful thing about Find the Others is it's like we all kind of join into that group and then it becomes more powerful. You know, you have a support system moving in that direction. You don't have to fit in with the stereotypical herd mentality. Um, because that mentality, you know, I've been in that mentality before, whether it be in school with my classmates or even football teams, right? I didn't want to be any different than anybody else. Um, but what happened to me in my experience is that actually led to depression. Um, so? because I wasn't being fully self-expressed. We're all beautiful, unique individuals. Um, and no one said that they wouldn't, you know, like me or take me in if I was expressing myself. That's just the idea and the ego thought that I had is I had to be the same as everybody else or not, you know, say certain things for them to like me. Um, so the ability to kind of overcome that and and be yourself has really helped with those feelings of depression and, and anxious thoughts that I was experiencing at that time where I felt like I had to fit into a certain agenda or thing. Yeah, so I think breaking out of that herd mentality can be great for a lot of people. Yeah. Yeah. We're creating the new herd. Yeah, we're creating the new herd. Exactly. Do you feel that way at all with the work you're doing with your clients, with this wave of of younger people that are wanting to tap into this? Because I see the desire out there. I mean, everybody listening probably has that desire to some extent or else you wouldn't be listening right now. Do you see that shift? Like what kind of shifts do you see happening right now in our society with our with our generation? I see a jump in self-awareness. I think people, you know, through good or bad, it may be a little bit of bad through overexposure to social media and stuff, but I think people are becoming pretty aware of themselves, their thought processes, the the way they go about their health and wellness routines, and they're wanting to make change. Um, you know, there's so much information out there that people are exposed to. I think that may be the reason why people are like that now. Um, but yeah, there's definitely a, a shift where people in their early 20s want to make this adjustment, want to make this shift because they know they're going to live a better life because of it. I think in the past it may have been, oh shit, I'm at this point. It's time to make this change so I, you know, don't die young or, you know, have a heart condition by the time I'm in my late 40s, you know. So now people are really seeing the internal value of how they can have a better life with it. 
and making that adjustment instead of it being, you know, the end of the line. Okay, it's time for me to grow up now. You know, this this is part of growing up is like making this choice now. And and yeah, yeah. Changing really the education it. system. This it is, is what we're doing. It is. This is this is education. And and I think that this is the way that the education system will be forced to shift. Because think about it, like when we have kids, we're we're not gonna we're not gonna put them through an education system that doesn't that doesn't teach them these things and doesn't help open their mind to this idea of of what living a, a good life really really means, what the values that come with that. A hundred percent true. There's such great power in just teaching kids this and then having them develop their patterns, like first go around on it. Yeah, yeah, the, the extremely powerful. <laughs> I'm having this flashback to when we lived in L.A. and you and uh, Ricky Bodner, our good friend, were teaching uh, kids meditation. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what, was, what was that like? That was actually a really good experience. That was um, the first meditation I'd ever like taught, and actually it was a job got paid for. And, um, you know, they're really into it. Surprisingly, we're talking about a group of like 10 to 12 year olds who wanted to come meditate. It was, it was, uh, <laughs> wait, what do you mean? They wanted to come like, I just swear to God, their parents dude, had to just drop the, them off. The parents did drop them off, but there were some of them that were like, yes, like I, I want to do this. Like I want to meditate, breathe, and then write my journal. They're really ex- excited about the what? journal. Okay. So what, what was the dynamic? So you had a group of so it was me, Ricky, and a yeah. group about 12 kids. Oh, that's dangerous. 12 kids. <laughs> in that used, time in your life. In that time. And we used to have them sit down, um, maybe do some yoga poses, and then just like breathe in and out of their nose. And I would say more than half the class was willing and wanted to do it. So like, so we had half the class that was like into it. Yeah. The other half was just like, I other half was just waiting till journal time so they could, you know, write some crazy stuff or like draw some crazy picture and Ricky would depict it for him. <laughs> what was the craziest things that you saw in that during that class? Like, what was there any crazy I, interactions or? I saw how kids can um, adapt and and just like tap in to something as soon as they have like a little glimpse of. Oh, he's doing it, so I want to do it. Or okay, I'm gonna do this because there's nothing else to do here. Like I saw that switch with the kids where they actually started tapping into it and doing it, and it does make an effect. I know kids' meditation is growing, mm-hmm. um, and it does have an effect on these kids. It definitely does. Did any any kids have any like crazy blast off experiences or just there like, was yo. this one girl? Uh, you'll have to ask Ricky on that one, but she uh, she went up to him with some picture she drew. She's like, while I was meditating, I had this image and I had to write it down. It was some vivid like image, and and Ricky sat there and depicted it for her. It was so funny. <laughs> that's crazy. Yeah, it was perfect. Kids know, man. Kids, kids know. Kids do know. Tapped in. It's it's that's exactly what we were talking about though. That same switch that you flip. When you're going, you're showing up. However, you show up. Like, how do you show up when those kids flip that switch? Yeah. It's like they showed up. They're yeah, there. They show up pretty it's pure. The same thing for right. us. Exactly. Flip that switch. Yeah. With uh, interesting though, because I wonder how this this past six nine to nine months has been with the with the COVID going on and bars not being a place to people socialize like we're talking about. I'm wondering like what what role or effect do you think that this has been playing for for all these things that we're talking about and then in the long run? Because I know from the numbers I've been seeing, depression's up, suicide rates are up, like mm. people are and but also on the other side of that, like self-healing is up. People mm. practicing these different things or searching for these different things is up as well. These self-coping mechanisms, these these healthier alternatives, these holistic lifestyles is also up as a result of that. So what what do you see the shift being played right now given this COVID pandemic? 
I think the, the, the key is self-healing. I think self-healing is going up. The depression, the suicide rates, I've also seen the same thing. It's going up. But we're at a point now in 2020 where we're really, you know, you got to give people credit for how smart they are and how much information's out there. I like to believe that if someone is going through that much internal pain, that they're going to start Googling, YouTubing, the same things that I did at, you know, 17 to kind of find out how can I go about this. And then they'll also have people, whether these people are on social media or just somewhere on the internet or friend of a friend that they can start calling and reaching out to, to go see and to start, you know, working out or to start, you know, doing a breathwork practice, a yoga practice, seeing a nutritionist, you know, getting the ball rolling a little bit faster and not sitting on it and letting it harvest for a long time and ultimately having a situation that, you know, ends up in really bad depression or suicide. So I would like to think that we're in a generation of self-healers with the amount of information that's out there. I think that's possible. It's possible. And now has to come the time where we shift from information to transformation. Uh, yeah. Because information's great, but it's useless without implementation. Mm. Like you could uh, you could have the all the books in the world, but if you don't actually and read all the books in the world, but if you don't actually put it into practice, it's it's useless. Like, so true. Like you're a trainer, you know this. Like you know what it takes to get a six pack, let's say, the cliche example. But Everybody knows what it takes to get a six-pack, but are you actually going to get a six-pack? Are you actually going to implement that knowledge that everybody knows to get a six-pack? It takes that implementation of that, which is personally why I love and why I will always have coaches and invest in myself in different programs and different coaching because I know when I invest in myself in that way, it forces me to take information and ground it down into transformation. So mm-hmm. that, that's what I've seen. I mean, you helped me do that with breath work when I hired you for, to help me with some breath work stuff. And I've seen it with other clients you've worked with. But it's that that shift from information to transformation. That's so key. That That's the whole thing right there. You know, without that, I probably wouldn't have a job. Like, that. that's what I do because it's the most difficult thing to do. It is. And I know that. Why is it so difficult? Like, what are the what are the biggest obstacles that people face towards actually implementing the information that they might know. Like, we all know, meditation's probably good. Mm -hmm. Breath work, yeah, the science is there. It makes sense. The cold immersion, like, yes, the science is all there. Like, we all have a general idea. Like, we know these things are good for us. Why do we not do them? You know, and that's a great question. At times, you want to say laziness or coming up against negative patterns or, you know, any of these little obstacles that we always face when we try to do something to better ourselves or make better choices. But what I like to think is they're not in full alignment of why they're doing it. Interesting. They don't see the full picture of their return on this investment of putting in energy towards this. Mm -hmm. The light can really come on, man, and you can view the world completely differently and even if it's not, you know, just the way you feel, if you want to perform better, you know, you can creatively make crazy shifts just by taking care of yourself. You think clearer, your imagination, things come clearer to you, whether it be through just producing numbers, you know, like it, everything goes up with your health. And a lot of people just haven't tapped into their core reason of doing so. Okay, so but I just want to make that ultimately really clear for people is that we have two sides to us. We have, you know, this darker side and the lighter side. And the more you keep moving in and making these progressive choices, the light comes on and it's beautiful. It's almost like you couldn't understand it before. You know, you were in a different reality before and now you see things clearly. That's the way I feel. So good. You know, and I think it takes sometimes it does take pain for people to realize that power, you know, so. 
But I think um, through, you know, inspiring stories or even just like people like myself sharing their story and saying like, this is the way I was, this is how I am now. You know, other people can be like, man, I, I, I want to have that myself because I feel it. I think everybody feels some power in themselves. They have these moments of inspiration where they feel a surge energy. And having that bottled down and just kept inside of you is not healthy. You, you want to express that and live by that and life can be beautiful. But the more you just like have that inside of you and you don't know what to do, it turns into frustration, you know? And I think that's a huge burning desire that a lot of people have. And they got to know that, you know, life can happen for them by making these adjustments. Yeah. You got to connect to that. Why? You got to connect to it. I, I love um, Victor Frankl in his, in his book, The Holocaust Survivor. He was saying how he who knows his why can survive, can bear anyhow. Mm. He who knows his why can bear anyhow. Mm. And that's what he talked about, which helped him get through the Holocaust himself. But when you're connected to that why, the how becomes secondary, becomes irrelevant. So I think it's really becoming deeply connected to that why. Like, why do I want to feel better? Why do I want to make these changes? And and really connecting to that deeper reason. And most of the time, it, it takes us hitting, and I can speak from experience as well, but it takes us hitting like, that sharp point or that perceived rock bottom to be like, hey, the why is compelling enough right now for you? Like, I'm my relationships, I'm not showing up for my relationships. I feel like I'm living with this veil. Like, that is compelling enough of a why for you to actually implement these things. Mm-hmm. But through coaching and through uh, through proactively seeking this, we can connect deeper whys without having to get to that point, which is what I think the beauty is in it. Me too. Really powerful. It is. It's extremely powerful. And um, the whole process of it is a beautiful thing, too. You know, you you can really make some shifts, you know, in these time frames. I'm talking about like six weeks, eight weeks. When you're working with the coach or working with someone to get it done, uh, things move at an accelerated pace. And you start seeing shifts in yourself within, you know, a week or two weeks. And you gain momentum that way because you're bought into something that's bigger than your daily habits. You're bought into a program. Um, and that's what's worked for me in the past too, all the way through sports, you know, you have your fall camp, you, you dive into that before the season and you just do the damn thing. And that's the way we as humans work, you know? Yeah. I always, I always appreciate how, you know, you and I share a similar approach with that kind of go-getter mentality when it comes down to like game time or time to let it fly or putting in the work and not, not afraid to actually put in the work because it takes work. You got to put in the work. To, to, to make these shifts and to really have these things. And I just think back to like playing football together in high school and our pregame warm-ups when we're like all pumped up, yeah. pumped up and getting out of our mind and ready to just like a- attack it. Mm-hmm. And, I'll, and I'll never forget the last game we played our senior year when it was clearly over and the other team was taking, taking a knee in victory formation. You and I were on defense. We were crying and we like refused to stop. So we're still like, I think we got a penalty thrown because they're taking a knee and the game's over, but we're still going up and hitting people wow, at the line, yeah. just like refusing to, to to give up and refusing to let it go. But I always loved how you and 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 you're someone that I look up to in that way as well for having that approach of that. It's like that that warrior mentality of the like, yeah, like let's look ourselves in the mirror, like let's put in the work, like dig deep and let's 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 get this done mm-hmm. while also balancing that much more, um, you know, self, balancing that self compassion and that self care and that that more feminine energy of that meditation, the receiving. Mm-hmm. And it's just a really interesting balance, I feel like, to it be is. able to have both. It is. You're alive when you're doing that, you know? You're alive when you're putting it all out there and you're having that warrior mentality or you're recovering to the best of your ability. It beats being numb and 
you know, feeling like you're not doing anything 10 times out of 10. And I, cause I felt that I, I've been on drugs, scrolling through Instagram, feeling detached from reality and just like, God damn, like, what am I even doing here? You know, and that's the worst feeling of all to me. I will take the pain of jumping in the ice tub this afternoon over that every day. You know, you, you look forward to it. I yeah. look, and, th- and then you become a real sicko and you start looking forward to this pain. <laughs> you know, like you, you want to go for the run and feel it and feel like you're fucking alive. And, I, you know, it took years of me feeling not alive to, to realize that. But it's a trade off and the trade off's fucking worth it, man. Yeah. Joe Rogan talks about this idea of this um, voluntary suffering. I can't remember which guest he was talking about it on, but this idea that it's funny, but like we're so stressed out in modern modern world and the stress is leading to heart disease at un- unprecedented rates, right? Mm-hmm. Like we're very clearly stressed out, but it's also like we're also not stressed out enough in a lot of ways where w- the goal is not to eliminate stress because when we eliminate all stress, mm-hmm. it's just what you described. You're sitting there detached, you're scrolling through Instagram, you're watching TV, whatever it is, sports, spectator sports, whatever you're doing. And like, I, I feel that sometimes too, when I'm not doing anything and you feel stagnant, like stagnation comes. Mm. So you need to challenge yourself. You need to push yourself in these voluntary ways because unless you choose these challenges that are inspiring to you, then you're going to be challenged one way or another in life. Like you need to choose, voluntarily decide, I'm going to put myself through this quote unquote suffering. I'm going to go into the fight or flight mode through a cold tub, through a run or a workout to get that release. And then I'm going to relax and enjoy it. But it's a combination. You need both, Mm -hmm. right? Yeah, you totally need both. And you need to do it yourself. You know, oftentimes throughout life, we have people doing it for us through structure or school telling us we need to do this or that. And left to our own devices, none of it really gets done. And, you know, I was a point I was at a point with that in college where School wasn't getting done, you know, nothing was getting done because I I just simply didn't want to. And I realized that left to my own devices, I wasn't really a happy person. And that's when I realized that how am I going to make myself a happy person? Well, it's going to be by getting these little things done. It's going to be having purpose, get my checklist out, man, and checking it off. Like that means fucking a lot to me still just being able to go through a checklist and get it done because it adds that purpose to my life. Um, yeah, so I think all of it's huge and it beats feeling empty 10 times out of 10. Definitely does. It's, it's just a game. It's a game. It's a game and there's going to be some pain in it and that's all right. That's why I'm here. That's why your friends are here. That's why, you know, we're in this together, you know, and, and we got to come to terms with that. And I think a lot of people, um, they, they'll be surprised on how quickly they come to terms with that. You know, I work with a lot of people within the first week, they're like, all right, man, I'm really ready to go now. Like, fuck it. We're going to do this. And you know, it, it, it's, it helps just to know that we're in this together. Yeah. Yeah. Dude. Amazing. Really, really great. Thanks for, Thanks having, for having this conversation. Yeah, it was fun. Lots of good things firing here. I'm looking forward to, uh, Jumping in the cold tub this afternoon with you. Hell yeah. <laughs> getting, getting crazy in that sauna. Hell yeah. <laughs> Pushing the limit. Um, and it's it's fun. It's fun to do that together and, it is. and and to push each other further with that, whether we're playing pickleball or playing one-on-one, playing, playing ping pong, like whatever it is, like competing yeah. brings an attitude and an edge. And it's 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 a pleasure to 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 compete with you as always and to enjoy and go through life with you together, man. Same, bro. I'm excited for Tahoe too. Yes, Tahoe. What's going down in Tahoe? So anybody that doesn't know, me and Josh are having a retreat out in Tahoe. Um, It's going to be about 12 to 15 people, and we're going to get in the cold. We're going to hit breath work, eat organic, have some ecstatic dance, have some satsang talks, pretty much 
implement everything that we just talked about in a nice weekend nature retreat. Yes, sir. That sounds And fun. we're sold out for Tahoe, but I think there's going to be plans for another winter retreat, maybe somewhere in Southern California nice. um, later this winter. All right, brother. Much love, dude. Thank Much you for love. being on here. Thank you, man.